Hi, my name is John Katsavos and welcome to the Fitness Oracle. Before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you about the secret of how to drop 10 to 15 pounds and keep it off with complete ease. I've created a free three-part video series for you that explains what the three biggest mistakes people make when they're working out and limits them to the results that they're going after. I am also going to help you get all the details about how you can immediately sign up to the 21 day caveman challenge, which is a do it for you workout program. This has been developed by me for over 11 years of my experience as a professional personal trainer. So go ahead, put in your name and your primary email address, click the link in the show notes below right now, and we'll see you on the inside. Welcome to the Fitness Oracle, where we have real conversations with real people, just like you, with real stories, just like yours. And this is one of their stories. I am your host, John Katsavos. My guest today is Royal Carney from the Silent Path Coaching. Royal has been an elementary school teacher for the past 14 years and has coached sports teams in the GTA for more than two decades. He is now a certified professional life coach specializing in helping students create a solidified value and goal-setting system to focus their lives on their vast potential. Royal, welcome to the show. John, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure being here. I really appreciate it. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to having a good conversation. Me too. Me too. I'm really, I'm really grateful that you're on the show today. Yeah, I'm grateful that you've... uh, asked me to come on. And um, I'm really impressed that uh, you've got this going. We've known each other for a long time. Uh, Last 15 years of martial arts, correct? That's right. (laughs) So, so it's, uh, it's awesome to see your growth. So congrats on that. Thank you. Thank you so much. So uh, how's the basketball season coming along with the current lockdowns and everything? (laughs) (laughs) Well, unfortunately for our students, and, uh, you know, all our uh, uh, adolescents out there, they haven't had much um, in the way of competitive sports, right? And that's such a big part of the growth as human beings. Um, I found I learned so much as a, as a, um, as a child through my, uh, my baseball career and my hockey, my hockey playing, right? As far as teamwork and uh, learning how to lose before you learn how to win and learning how to compete properly. Um, learning how to get along with others, right? So all these, all these components aren't being explored right now and and learned, uh, which is, which is upsetting for us all, but like we're all in it together. So we tried to keep a positive attitude. The kids just are so happy to be back at school and it's so good for their mental health, right? We have quite at Bond Academy in Scarborough, we have quite an active uh, phys ed program. We have phys ed four days a week and usually pre-COVID swimming once a week. But um, obviously the swimming's not going right now, but we still have phys ed four times a week. So it's so good for their mental, physical, and spiritual health, right? Um, so hopefully in September we get back to normal, get uh, everybody back with their extracurriculars because kids, uh, our society needs it as a whole. Okay, that's great. 
Um, mm -hmm. Well, you said a couple of a lot of things that we're actually going to be diving into later on in the show, but uh, just as a general thing, like how's your martial arts training going? Cause I know you, you're an avid martial artist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it's going, it's going well. It's hard to do it um, independently, right? Like, it, like we would at fight club in Toronto or um, various other BJJ clubs or boxing clubs. I know everybody's itching to get back, but um, like I've told my students, at school, it's uh, just because it's COVID and we have to work independently. It's no reason why we can't improve. And we, you and I have trained with Emmanuel Manalakakis in Toronto. And man, he's big on independent work, right? Going deep within yourself, still developing your skills, even though we're not able to do it in groups. So I've been trying to just do uh, my, my independent work. I'm staying in really good shape, I'm in better shape than I was when I was 25. So that's a good sign now that I'm 48. So, um, so that's one aspect of it, keeping the conditioning up and working on different things like flexibility and working the depth of my punch on the heavy bag, working the depth of some kicks on the heavy bag, working the strength, strengthening up my tendons and my wrists and my hands as far as I have wall bags down in my basement, sandbags you put on the, on, the, on the wall that are really hard. So working those. So those things you can work independently, but I can't wait to get back to class. Let's be honest. <laughs> well there's there's only so much that you can grow by yourself i mean right. that's right. why martial arts is such such a great thing mm -hmm. um, i miss the social aspect too i yeah. love the guys i mean i just love going yeah yeah uh you're also into boxing training as well mm -hmm. and you're currently training somebody from ncaa tennis i think it was mm -hmm. madeline yes. madeline denunzio yeah. How's that going? It's going, it's going really well. Like she's an amazing athlete. We've had about uh, 12 sessions now and she's uh, from session one to session 12, such an improvement, but it's not only that she's a natural athlete. She's better, very dedicated person when she sets her mind to something that uh, she's the type of person that's uh, goal oriented. So she's, She's someone who just works at it, right? I, I ask her to run three kilometers a couple of times a week. She'll do it. I ask her to run five. She'll do it. I don't have to. She's she's intrinsically motivated. I don't have to be right by her side all the time training her for this because she has – Madeline was on uh, Big Brother Canada, I think season nine. And so she um, now has a pay-per-view boxing match against another Big Brother contestant who, who was on the show a few seasons back. Uh, from the American uh, Big Brother show. So she's training for that. So she, another thing about her is she puts herself out there and takes risks and challenges herself. And I love that in someone, right? So I'm just helping her any way I can, mainly with the fitness and with some boxing. And, uh, and she's also training at, at uh, privately at a gym too. So um, she's getting lots of, uh, she's getting lots Lots of training and ready to go. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, you actually said something quite interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, she's willing to take risks. Right. There's a lot of people out here, out there today mm -hmm. um, that aren't willing to do so. Right. Absolutely. And it's, uh, it's, it's something that um, is obviously it's hard to do. It's easy for all of us to stay in our comfort zones, right? So I tell the teenagers at school, it's easy to go home, sit on the couch, play video games. 
But <laughs> the hard thing is, hey, get home, do the homework. Hey, get home. If you want to play in the NCAA as a basketball player one day, get home and do the extra work. What do you think LeBron James does? Does he go home and sit on the couch? No, he's doing all that extra work of uh, body maintenance, right, and recovery. He's working those boring dribbling skills that other people think are boring. But that's what makes the greats great in any field is willing to take those risks and put themselves out there and, and work the extra hours and, um, and, and go for it, right? And not worry about failure or look towards a success goal-orientated mindset, right? I'm going forward with my life as opposed to basing it on fear. And we have enough fear in our society right now. It's uh, up to us to change our perspectives, right? Our perspectives, our self-perspective is number one. How are we viewing our advancement in the world? How are we viewing our lives? How do we view ourselves? It's a very, a very vast and important topic, right? Absolutely. Um, now you recently, and congratulations on becoming a life coach. Oh, thank you. Recently. Um, we talked earlier about this, and so congrats on that. Yeah, thanks. Uh, but something being uh, a life coach, I mean, mm -hmm. this is such a broad topic for most people. Right. What exactly, first, what got you into this kind of line of work? Mm -hmm. Because everybody has a very unique story, and I know yeah. your story is extremely unique. Yeah. Um, well, I'm just going to go back a bit. This might be um, a little long-winded for your question. However, I'm going to go back to uh, my, uh, my um, teenage years. So I was like any normal Canadian kid growing up. Uh, I played sports. I, I was really active in sports. I've always identified with the physical side of myself. And I obviously I still do. Um, but uh, I grew up playing baseball and hockey in the late 70s and, and 80s. Those were the two main sports in, in Toronto. Uh, soccer was in its infancy coming up basketball wasn't even on the radar at that point. So those were the two main sports I, I, I uh, played growing up and um, loved it. I, I, I wasn't a very good student. I was good up until grade six. <laughs> That's when I peaked. And um, <laughs> uh, so I didn't identify with my, myself as a, as a really strong student, which is unfortunate because that was just a story I was telling myself at the time, right? That I wasn't one of the top students, that I wasn't smart, which wasn't true. But I, but any story we tell ourselves over and over again, we start to believe. So I identified with myself as, as an athlete. And um, as I got to about 15, 16 years old, I wasn't going to go anywhere in hockey because at that point you're already drafted into the Ontario Hockey League, junior ranks, and then you, and then you keep going up. So you either play hockey for fun or, you know, you kind of drop off. But the competitive level at that point is, is not much of a point um, in the GTHL. Now it was MTHL back then. So I stopped, I played high school hockey for a year and then I stopped playing. I stopped playing baseball. It fizzled away too. Um, and I was, I was good at both sports, but obviously not at that level. So um, I had no identity at that point. I had lost my identity. And now that I look back at it, it was um, me being very angry teenager and uh, a fearful teenager. And this fear and anger manifested itself in a lot of uh, violence and fighting. So I, I ended up drinking too much and I ended up uh, being out pretty much every night of the week and uh, partying and fighting. So I 
started to create violence in my life. I attracted it through my thoughts and then it manifested in my actions. And I went through a lot. Of, I, I got stabbed in the neck in a fight. I was um, arrested. I was charged by the police at 18 years old. And uh, my turning point uh, was when I was coming out of a bar after last call on Queen Street. And I'm walking along the street with my friends that were with me at the time. And I, um, there's a group of men 20 years older than us coming at us. And I bumped into one of them on purpose, being a jerk. Um, and he asked me what my problem was. And I hit him with an open hand, strike to the chin. And I knocked him unconscious. He was in the doorway of a shop lying there. And I was so scared because I was already in trouble at that point. I ran, I ran home and um, I prayed to God that that man got up and I was praying to God saying, if he gets up, I will turn my life around. I remember going through those thoughts. My life flashed through my eyes. I felt so bad that I hurt someone's, someone's son or a father of a family. And it just like flashed before my eyes. And so I picked up the phone. You remember those old landlines back in the early 90s? I called my friend and I'm like, did uh, the man get up? He said, yeah, he did. And I, I was so relieved. And so then I started to, it was a wake up call. I started to change my life around. I went back to, to high school because I had already quit at that point to get my OACs at that time. OACs existed. So I went to an alternative school and I met an amazing teacher uh, named Lisa Turner. If she's listening by chance, Lisa, you helped turn me around and save my life. Um, and it was individual meetings at school. So because of an alternative school, so conventional school wasn't working for me at that time. So it was a one-on-one -on -one meetings much like life coaching, which is ironic. Um, and so we just, uh, we, we covered the curriculum, but we more just talked, we talked about life. And she talked about my goals of what I wanted to become. She didn't dwell on anything I'd done in my past because I told her she didn't judge me. She just wanted to help me. She came from a sincere place and wanting to help me, right? And so then I started setting a goal. I went to college, got my college degree in sports business. Then I went to I worked in hockey for a bit and then I decided like, I want to help kids who are in trouble like me. So I went to university and got my degree in uh, uh, my undergrad at U university of Toronto, but I, I couldn't still become a teacher because I had a criminal record. So I, I went to our local MP Maria Mina, who was a politician at that time. We got things done and I explained my story and she, within two weeks, she got me a pardon. She went to Ottawa and, Got you know, like two weeks. You can't even get pardons nowadays. So it was like a miracle. So all these signs led to me becoming a teacher, helping uh, uh, kids like me who were misdirected, didn't have an identity, lost their confidence, and um, that's why I got into teaching with that passion. And then, so that was that. Now it's fourteen years later. I'm a teacher, and through teaching, I met uh, one of my our parents was a life coach, and she always said. She thought I would be good as a life coach and for years. I was like, oh, no, no, I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in that. And then I started looking into it. And I realized I was doing that anyway with our students at school. <laughs> so, um, so now through uh, the last couple of years, um, I've created, I've, I've been certified. 
uh, as a professional life coach and I've created uh, a business. So uh, what I want to do is to really focus on uh, 10 to 22 year olds. That's, that's my, that's my range. That's where my um, experience lies. Right. So, um, and help them value set goal set and have an action plan, a system for life. Because oftentimes like myself, like I see so many students, you're just floating through your high school years. You're floating through your elementary years without a direction, without a system. That's not taught to us in schools. We learn the curriculum, math and science and language, arts, history, geography, but we're not learning how to live. Those are the important parts. Why are they missing? So that's what I, that's what I'm going to do with my business. That's absolutely amazing. That's, I'm like blown away. Thanks, man. That's awesome. Um, You said something very important in, in that, in that story. And Mm -hmm. You said the story about your your the story about yourself. Mm-hmm. How important do you think that the story that we hold to ourselves defines our future? I think it's everything. Right? Like let's take the example of the great Nelson Mandela. Okay, so like let's talk about our perception of ourselves, okay? Nelson Mandela went to prison for 25 years. Um, that's a lot of time to think. That's a, lot, that's a lot of time to work on yourself, right? That's a lot of time to sit there and evaluate. What are my values? What do I want to bring to the world? And so when he was released from prison, it's amazing. Like, I mean, you can hear interviews from people who uh, opposed him. But they couldn't oppose him after a while because his perception of himself changed. He came out with such a forgiving attitude, with such a compassionate attitude, with something, such an empathetic attitude, right? Um, his ally, uh, sorry, his enemies became his allies because after a while, when someone comes at you with such a genuine uh, want for your improvement, for the betterment of your life, you can't oppose that after a while. So his self-perception changed the perception of South Africa for the most part. It's amazing. I mean, the evidence is right there. So um, when I changed my self-perception from uh, someone who was angry and fearful and violent to someone who wanted a better life, to, to someone who thought, I can help kids, actually. I can help the world around me. My life changed. I started, I got, an, I got a college degree. I got a university education. I got, I went to teacher's college and got a, uh, my degree as a teacher. I became a life coach. So things started to change because I changed. My world changed. My reality changed because I changed. And I think that can happen with everybody. It's obvious that evidence is there. That's all how we view the story we tell ourselves and how we view our self-perception. What do I want in my life? What do I want in my life? What type of values do I want? If, if, if what is in my life isn't aligned with my values, then why is it there? I think when I started asking myself those questions, my life became very solidified and unified. Do you think that uh, most teachers should be taking courses as life coaches? Because <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll tell you, like if I had a teacher like that in high school and junior high school. Me too. I mean, 
who knows where I would be. Right. Uh, that, I do. I, I think everybody should be taught these skills, right? Especially if you're going to teach and mentor people. Yes, yes, yes. Because yeah, like I, I agree. When I was in high school, I had like I needed somebody because I didn't listen to my parents. My, I, my parents are the best parents in the world, but I wasn't listening to them because that's just what teenagers do. They don't listen to their parents, right? So you need an outside source. That's why like sports coaches can be so good if they're coming from a genuine place to help. That's why uh, uh, any endeavor, like a dance teacher, a music teacher, yes, but they have to really be coming from a genuine place and know the skills to teach, right? And be able to do them themselves because it's one thing to tell you to do your homework every night, but if I can't change my socks once a day, then it's like, <laughs> it's not, I'm not setting a good example, right? So yeah, a lot goes into it, but definitely, yes. I, I wish I had that type of mentor as a, as a teenager too, because after a while, that's outside of the family, because after a while you don't listen to your family. Um, but I did have that. I met that eventually, like I said, with Lisa Turner at Seoul, who was an alternative school teacher. It was fantastic. That's amazing. Um, yeah, I, like I said, like, I don't think any, uh, to be honest with you, I don't think any teenager listens to their parents. Uh, no, they don't. <laughs> like very few, there's exceptions, of course, they, but the exceptions prove the rule. They generally don't. My dad gave me that. My dad's like a living Yoda. He's so smart. He, he, he's, he knows everything about uh, multiple topics, but I wasn't ready to listen at that time. Now I look back and I'm like, yeah, my dad was right. Yeah, he was right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. My dad's voice is in my head. But at that time, I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> I got the same thing. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> no, similar stories. Um, like I, uh, like I also said in the in your bio, you are an avid martial artist. Mm -hmm. And uh, what was the trigger for you to get into martial arts? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. So when I was um, the first martial art that I went to was boxing because I had a love for boxing ever since I was a as a kid. Um, it's just a passion for the sport. Um, my dad, I, I attribute it to my dad leaving a boxing book in our living room. And I picked it up and started reading. It was called The Great Fights. I read all about Muhammad Ali, all about Sugar Ray Robinson, all about Carmen Basilio and Willie Pep and all the greats. So that really ignited the flame, right? And um, so then I started boxing when I was 14 or 15 in high school uh, to go along with hockey. And um, I started at Cabbage Town Boxing Gym in Toronto and, and also Newsboys. I think I actually started at Newsboys and I went to Cabbage Town. But it was, um, it's, a, it's a rough racket because there's something called brain cells that uh, <laughs> um, unless you're taught properly, you're you, you risk losing. Right. So, um, but I, I had a passion for boxing. So that's where it started. And then, um, I, I, uh, went to Taekwondo when I was, um, a few years later, I think, and it progressed from there. And so I kept, um, I, I studied Jeet Kune Do, Bruce Lee's martial arts through university. And then after university was over, that's when I went to Sistema. That's where I met you and, um, Manny at the old Coxwell club. And now it's on Don Lands and O'Connor, but um, at the old Coxwell Club and Sistema was amazing. I, I joined that basically 
not so much for the art, but it was for Manny. I, I really connected with Emmanuel Manuel He's a great teacher, great person. Talk about a person who can change a room when he walks into it, right? Manny changes the feel of a room because of how calm and how good he is inside, how compassionate he is as a human being and how much he cares about teaching, right? So I learned a lot about teaching, just teaching people through the manual. So, so, uh, and then I've also studied Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, and uh, yeah, that's where we're at right now. I just can't wait to get back to things. Yeah, you're right about Manny. I'm like, guys, uh, something mm -hmm. else. Like, he can not only change uh, uh, a room; he can also change people's lives that's just right. by his uh, his wisdom. So. Absolutely. And I'm working on getting him on this show soon. Yeah, yeah, no, he'd be a fantastic guest. Um, <clears throat> do you think that that martial arts in general has a tendency of helping people focus on tasks at hand? So you said that you were taking it throughout university, and you, we all know how hard university can be with the workload. Mm -hmm. Do you think that people who study like martial arts, like like or committed into some form of sports, specifically martial arts, mm -hmm. are better equipped to help them focus? I think, I think it can be. Certain arts um, lend to that more than others that I've experienced anyway. I think um, Sistema and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu really help with focus. Like you're in the zone when you're doing um, grab and escapes, let's say in Sistema or when you're grappling on the ground in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, like it's, it's moving. It's almost like moving meditation where it does help. Like I yeah, almost on a good class, I'll lose track of time. The class goes like that. Right. And you hear that from uh, deep meditators who go into a deep meditative state and they lose track of time. Right. An hour seems like a couple of minutes. So I think it does help with focus depending on the art. Now, boxing, when uh, fists are flying at your face, it helps with focus until you get hit. And then, <laughs> and then fear rushes into the system. And, but, um, but yeah, so it depends on the art. Um, but yeah, it definitely does uh, help with focus. I think that the, the two that I, that I've experienced that I really think can help is Shistema and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. That's why I recommend it to students who have a little bit of trouble with their focusing at school. I've recommended both arts to the, to their parents numerous times. Yeah. I get I asked this question so many times, so I'm mm -hmm. going to throw it to another guy who does martial arts. Right. What's your favorite? Oh, that's hard because, um, okay. So on the ground, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, there's nothing that beats that on the ground. Um, standing up, Muay Thai. I, it's just more complete than boxing. There's elbows and knees and spinning elbows and um, clinch work, right? Um, overall, Sistema is one of my favorites, if not my favorite, because you're getting, it's, it's a transferable martial art. So for me at this stage of my life, it's so transferable, right? How often am I gonna be on my back? Oh my God forbid. But the confrontation is just not going to happen for me in my life. I'm not going to let it. So uh, system is much more transferable as far as my athleticism, my flexibility, my awareness skills, 
multiple people coming at me, my movement, my breathing, my, my holistic health. So I know I didn't answer your question, but I don't think there, to me, there's not an, a single answer for that because, okay, we're on the ground in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. If I'm grappling someone on the street, trying to defend myself and his friend comes and boots me. So then now all of a sudden it's not the best martial art anymore. Um, boxing, I'm boxing someone and we're in an elevator. He's 20 pounds, 30 pounds, 40 pounds heavier than me and grabs me and whips me up against the elevator. Now my boxing is a moot point, right? And he pulls a knife, even worse. So there's a time and place for each martial art. I don't think there's a best one. Uh, that's the answer that I know. It's, it, it is the answer. It is the, it's, it's the answer because, okay, we're in water. We're in water. Someone attacks you waist, waist high water. Now Muay Thai kicks aren't working. <laughs> so it's like, you still use elbows, but what if he grabs my head and dunks me? <laughs> so it's like, yeah. what, what is the best martial art? Well, what's the best one for that person? I think is the answer there. Yeah. Uh, Way back, let's 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 go back to your early years where you knocked that guy out and your life had to transform. You, you forced yourself to transform. Mm-hmm. Um, was martial arts a part of that transformation? Yeah, it, it definitely was. Um, martial arts, because I um, after I got, um, I started to turn things around and went to college and university. That's when my martial art career or life. My passion for martial arts really took off with Jeet Kune Do. So I started with that one. And Wing Chun Kung Fu. That's another one I've done too. So um, I really was focusing on those. Those kept me on them, helped with my focus. So they kind of replaced sports for me, right? I've been asked to play pickup hockey the last 20, 25 years. Martial arts has replaced sports for me. So that, that focus definitely. I think for, uh, I can speak from a male perspective. We really need that outlet. Like we need an outlet. Like that's why was hockey and baseball was so good for me. And then, and when it went, there was a big energy inside me that had to be released somewhere. Right. And, and, uh, and so martial arts really did that uh, in university and college for me. Yeah. So I think uh, if I know for me, I need to this day at 48 years old, I still need that. Right. If I don't work out, uh, my moods aren't regulated. Uh, if I'm not in a group, uh, in a martial art club, uh, working with other people, uh, it's the same thing. My moods just aren't the same, right? My energy level, my um, uh, how I am with my family is not the same, right? So it's it's almost therapeutic for me. Yeah, I find that myself too. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, especially. Uh, that actually came more to the forefront when I found out that Manny opened up his own school. Cause with Manny, I met Manny in uh, when he was training, uh, when he was teaching up in uh, Richmond mm-hmm. Hill, I did like two sessions up in Richmond right. Hill. And the first session was with Manny. The second one was with Vlad. And when I found out that Manny opened up his own school, I'm like, I'm right. on it. Yeah. Cause of my whole thing with depression. Right. And, all right. that stuff. How did you, you said that you went to Sistema for Manny. How did you come across, how did you know about Manny um, and, and Fight Club when you first well, started? It, it was the same thing. I, I went to Sistema because I was, uh, I liked the military aspect of it and the street defense 
aspect of it. But then I met, uh, I, I learned about a fight club that was closer to me because I lived in the beaches. Then, um, then Vlad's, Vlad's is far, it's Thornhill. Um, it's a great club too. Vlad's phenomenal. One of the best martial artists on planet earth. Right. But, um, but it was closer. And then I met, I met Manny and I met you guys through that. And it was a connection that way. Right. But basically it was because of proximity at the start. But then I, I found out it was the club that I wanted to, wanted to learn at and uh, eventually grow into you. And I became instructors there, which is fantastic. Right. It's a hard art to teach too. It's much different than a set boxing class or a set, uh, a set uh, jujitsu class or Muay Thai class. It's much different, right? As you know, and it's hard to explain to people who have an experience system. People see it on uh, YouTube or make fun of it all the time and stuff, but you have to experience something sometimes to have an opinion on it. Most of the time, actually, all of the time, actually experience, direct experience. There's nothing like it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and yes, you're right. It's, um, it's a very hard art to teach because there's no set curriculum curriculum there's no set movements there's no set yeah. nothing because it just it does deal with the individual and how the individual reacts mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely and you look at like Mike michael's michael riapko's sistema uh his is different than vlad's they look like they're doing two completely different martial arts right to me um so it's really um unique that way but then if you look at boxing, look at Muhammad Ali's style compared to Joe Frazier's, they look like they learned two different punching styles. Muhammad Ali hardly threw a left hook or a right hook. He threw a left hook occasionally, but never body punches. He was pulling back from punches. He wasn't doing the conventional defensive slips and weaves. Joe Frazier was weaving and bobbing, throwing hooks to the body and head. They look like they're two completely different punching systems, right? So I think every... Art has that, but Sistema just uh, starts you that way. Like it's going to be yours, yours to develop. And um, most arts are like that uh, after a while. You, but at the start, you learn a set curriculum and set techniques where Sistema skips that part. That's the hard part for people to grasp, I think. But I think that's the most powerful part about it. I, I, yeah, I agree. If it, if you if you get that if you get that concept, I think it is. Yeah, I'd say I think what was, people are missing that concept though. A lot of the times when they yeah. start, yeah, because everybody's so set in their ways when with their like when you, when you see like a, like a, like a master and like Jeet Kune Do mm -hmm. for example, watching Sistema, he's like this is all fake. Yeah, yeah, it's all they're they're pretending. Mm -hmm. It's like. Yeah, because it does look Not really it does look that way, right? Aikido looks that way too. But it's like say you're doing a combination in boxing with a partner, you're doing a jab cross and a hook, and you know it's coming, so you're gonna block, you're gonna parry the jab, parry the cross, and block the hook. It's the same type of thing that they're seeing in Sistema, but it, it's not sparring, it's a set uh drill that we're doing to develop contact reflex natural movement right um keeping your posture your breathing your mobility going in the drill so there's lots going on there that's it's not real it's not that's not the fight that's a drill every art has drills so i think that's like that's a missing component to 
someone without direct experience, they don't understand that part, right? Yeah. Uh, what was your biggest transformational moment in Sistema? Oof, that's a hard one. Um, I think it's um, it's happened just recently too. It's like um, not caring so much. That's a transformational moment because uh, um, competitive arts put a, a win or loss mentality behind the art, like boxing, you win or you lose. I hit you in the face hard more times than you hit me. Well, I probably won that round. Jiu-jitsu, you get tapped or you don't, right? There's no gray area. There is a um, point system too, but it's competitive. It's win or lose, right? But Sistema is not like that. It's, it's, um, so when I let go of that, that was hard for me, right? Me fighting myself. So that's a constant struggle I've been, I've had throughout my life from the time I was a kid too. To, it's always a struggle, right? It's fighting myself, right? So Sistema, you don't fight yourself. You allow yourself to grow and learn. There's not a win or a loss column there. So when I started to, when I started to implement that in my training, that was a big uh, aha moment. I found my, I found my skills went up like within a week. And that's after like 12 years of training, 14 years of training. Sometimes that happens. You have that moment in, in anything and all of a sudden you, your, your, your level goes up. Right. So I, I found that recently. Yeah. It's like, it's like letting go of myself. So allowing, yeah, like you said, like letting go of yourself mm -hmm. and that's a very tough thing. Like you said, for, for pretty much, I could say the entire population of the earth. <laughs> yeah. They don't, they don't like to let go of where they're at. Yeah. Now in, I know in Sistema, we have different ways of teaching, allowing you to not fall into that trap like a good good hard deep punch into the solar plexus will definitely you're <laughs> definitely going to let go of whatever you're holding on to but for you how would you, how could you how could you implement a a, a, a lesson like that to mm -hmm. somebody in the population who where you don't want to punch them with a deep punch to the solar plexus because of legalities legalities and all that <laughs> yeah um, uh, it's, 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 it's difficult. You try to get them to see the benefits of the, of the art. And if they don't want to see it, um, they're not ready for it at that point in time. Right. But you try to get them to see like the transferable skills because at this stage of my life, I'm 48, verging on a big five all in a couple of years. Um, I'm under no illusion anymore that I'm going to be a UFC champion. <laughs> nor do I, would I want that in my life? So it's like, what are the, why am I doing martial arts? So I, I that person has to ask themselves the question, right? Um, why are they doing it? And what are the benefits I'm going to receive from this art? STEM is transferable skills are through breathing, your posture, your relaxation, uh, dealing with stress, because that's, that's a huge thing, especially in our world now, right? We're getting stress from multiple angles right we get it from social media we get it from the media we're getting it from other people's opinions so how are we going to deal with stress right so to see those transferable skills from the art to your life that's what martial arts should be about i i think so 
rather than a punch to do it, de-stress someone, maybe just uh, communication, right? And if, they, if that person's not ready for it at that time, that's just the way it is in life. But because it's taken me a long time to figure out why am I, am I doing martial arts too. First of all, it's for the physical aspect, but now it's something deeper. It's how can I transfer it, become a better person, right? For my family, um, for the kids that I teach, et cetera. Yeah. Um, that was actually part of the reason why I actually took a pause from Sistema. Mm-hmm. I started to deep dig deep into those kinds of questions, like, why am I doing this and everything? And yeah, I fell into a little bit. I went into the esoteric, more into the esoteric, like the orthodox teachings. And I was like, uh, something right. happened. And I'm like, whoa, what's going on right now? Mm-hmm. I think it's good for us to size up all aspects of our life once in a while. Um, because like, how often do we actually do it? Like, like size up, write down uh, value system. Like, what is your value system? To ask, well, ask myself what my value system is, right? Because if I don't even know that, how am I going to truly be happy? I know that for myself. So my thinking, my saying, doing, have to be in alignment with my value system. And if I'm doing that, that simple thing uh, helps me and, and, uh, on my journey to happiness in life because ultimately we want to be happy, right? It's not just about the big houses and the cars and making more money. That's great. But are you happy? Because I see a lot of unhappy people nowadays. <laughs> and why? Why? So uh, like for myself, starting with my value system and, and listing that value system and having everything in my life in alignment with that is a starting point. My wife's in alignment with that. My children are in alignment with that. With that. My job is in alignment with that. Uh, how I help people is in alignment with that. My family, extended family is in alignment with that. Any friends or people who come into my life have to be in alignment with that. Otherwise, they're not in my life, right? So I think it's, good. it's, it's, a, it's a great thing for people to do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So... Uh... You've been a Sistema coach, uh, you, instructor, and you do coach. Uh, you do coach like uh, young young girls. I think it is a basketball basketball team. Yeah, I, I coach uh, boys and girls. We have uh, multiple teams at our school from under ten to under twelve to under fourteen to under sixteen to under twenty. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Well, what pushed you to become a coach? Um, well, uh, I always felt that. Um, I could be a good motivator. Like I can motivate people. And um, I know I can, because I've done it for hundreds, if not thousands of kids over the last like 14 years of teaching. Um, So that was number one. I was always into like um, motivation and connecting with people. So I didn't actually know I wanted to be a coach. I I thought I wanted to be a teacher, uh, which I have been. And um, I remember going to school for uh, going back to school and telling my friends that, uh, that I wanted to be a teacher. They're like, what? What? You? <laughs> you can't even do school. So I'm like, I'm gonna, what are you going to be a gym teacher? That's what they said. I'm like, no, I'll prove you wrong. I'm going to be a history and English teacher. So I got my teachables in history and English. And I ended up, my destiny was to be a gym teacher, a sports teacher, because I, I ended up getting a job as a gym teacher. <laughs> so, but it's been great because. 
through sport, you can teach so many um, transferable skills to life. And, um, and through, and you also have the kids' attention way more than teaching history or English, I think, unless you're a fantastic English teacher. And there are some of them. But through sport, you really have their attention for the most part. And then I also like adding in the component of fitness because so we have fitness weeks once a month and we do the beep test and we do a pro agility test and I have uh, tempo runs that we do and we do uh, upper body and lower body strengthening tests. Um, and the kids, uh, the ones that um, really start to see an improvement of, them, of themselves in their physical conditioning, I see a, a relation between their, their, their confidence levels go up. Right. So it's a real clear indicator of someone's confidence improving uh, physical education. So I, I it's been a great blessing for me to be able to coach so many amazing students the past 14 years in sports. So I'm grateful for that opportunity and for all the relationships I've developed through it. So, yeah, like I train them in the mornings at school uh, when, when the teams are going, we, we have set teams. Uh, they have individual training with me if they choose to do it. And I also uh, personal train people um, out of my house too. Once COVID's not going, I have much, many more people here. So, um, so yeah. That's great. How important, I know we covered this multiple mm -hmm. times, but I want a direct answer. <laughs> How important do you think sports is for young men and women? Oh, I think it's, I think it's uh, so important, right? People that I've seen who, um, who have gone through, uh, especially team sports, individual sports as well, but team sports can teach you so much about um, leadership, teamwork, um, you know, uh, accountability, responsibility to other people outside yourself, right? Um, making, and here's a big one that I've talked to a lot of students about lately is making other people around you better. Like if you're, if you're a, a high level person, you want to go up another level, see if you can make the people around you better. That's a, that's a deep challenge, right? Cause it doesn't have to be that. That doesn't have to just be sports that can be in any environment, right? If you're somebody who can make another player or person better, because they're in your presence, then you've got something special, right? And um, you, you look at LeBron James. Every team he goes to, from Cleveland to Miami to Los Angeles, the players that are with him, are they play better with him than they have at any other point in their career, for the most part. There's always exceptions to everything. But for the most part, every player, you can go down the list, like we go through Chris Bosh, we go through Kyrie Irving, we go through uh, Kevin Love. Every, these players play better when LeBron is in, their, is in their presence. Now, that's a skill. That's a skill, right? If you can make – that's another level to his game. You can make people around you better, then people are going to want you. They're going to want you for their company. They're going to want to hire your company. If you own a company, they're going to want you as a teammate. They're going to want you on the team. They're going to pay big bucks for it too. <laughs> so it's like – Hey, that's, that's a direction to go in. Right. And then there's, and, and there's something to be said about the authentic authenticity of that. There's no selfishness in that. Right. That's a bigger picture you're looking at. That's a bigger picture you're working from making the people around you better. Right. 
Um, this is going to be a touchy uh, question, but I know for a fact that uh, governments is pulling money out of sports and recreation from schools. Mm-hmm. I personally know this is a mistake. I want to get your feelings on that and your 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 thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think it's I think every, anybody who's pretty much reasonable knows that that's a mistake, right? Um, the benefits from at physical activity in sports um, are pretty obvious when we see them. I mean, I talk to parents all the time. They're so happy that their, um, their child gets phys ed um, four times a week at our school. Now, I'm lucky I'm at a private school, so I'm not with the board. So, um, but there's so, I mean, that's one of the big reasons that many of the, the, the families came to our school is because of the phys ed program and the amount of activity that they get. So I think people know and see, and they know in the heart of hearts that the benefits from movement, activity, sports is, is um, beneficial to a child's health, mental health, physical health, spiritual health, and confidence. Confidence is a huge one, right? Confidence is something that can be developed, right? We can all develop it. And sports is a big, a big um, way to do that, right? And, and, and fitness is a huge way to do that. I've seen, like I said before, I've seen so many students come through and when they work hard at their fitness and they might not be a good athlete to start with, but if they've, if they've set their mind to it and worked hard and became one, uh, confidence level transfers over into their schooling, over into their social life, over into their relations with family members. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a big mistake. Obviously we all, I think we all can agree upon that. Yeah. Um, yeah, you touched up on a couple of, uh, on something that I wanted to ask you about, um, about the difference between, uh, individualized sports and team sports. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think team sports has a better better way of managing ego in the, in the individual? Because I've been in individual sports pretty much my entire life. Mm-hmm. And there was a couple points in my life where I actually became a bully. Right. Because I didn't have that group yeah. around me to say, yo, you know, smack yeah. me in the head, say, you know, yeah. calm down a little bit. So do you think that, that a team would help manage that? It can. I've seen it work both ways, right? Um, it depends on the, the team you're on, I think, and the strength of the group. And also the honesty of the, the coach. The honesty of the coach. When someone's being, let's say, a bully or mean or whatever, um, the honesty, like an honest assessment of that and direct communication from leadership is very important. Um but it does, it can't, like a group can keep, can keep an ego in, in check, right? Um, I like an athlete to have a bit of an ego because imagine George, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, or Connor McDavid without an ego, big ego. Like they need that to push themselves, right? But they're, they're all smart enough to know I can't get this done by myself either. I need a team. I've got to share the puck of the ball. I've got to encourage my teammates, right? Be hard at times. Like if someone misses a pass, LeBron's hard on them. Connor McDavid with Sidney Crosby's hard on his teammates, but he's also encouraging too. 
So um, they need a bit of that, right? Like a great player needs a bit of that. Uh, but it has to be self. I think it has to be self-managed and there has to be an honest, honest assessment from parents and coaches about that, uh, that ego, right? It's funny. You're, we're talking about sports and mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. There is a huge cross relation between this and let's say a team in a business. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. So uh, my, my question is, um, my question would be for somebody out there whose team is not performing to their best. Mm-hmm. What, what would you say to somebody like that? Um, well, let's take a look at the culture of your organization or team. Right. Let's let's take a look at your value system again. I, I come back to value system, but it's very important. What are the values of your team or your company? And then what are your goals of the team or company? And are everybody, is everybody on the team on the same page? Right? So any successful team, if you look at, um, we can go through history of hockey or uh, who won the Stanley Cup last year, Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. They have a team of individuals that gather as a group with a collective mindset, right? And it starts from the president of the team or ownership, goes to the general manager, to the coach, to the assistant coaches, to the players. But everybody's on the same page, right? And everybody has a specific role that they have to buy into. So it's a value system. We want to win the Stanley Cup. We want to do it with hard work, determination, teamwork, encouraging others, motivation, um, picking each other up when we're down. Everybody has their own role on the ice, right? Every coach has a role. General manager and his assistants have roles. So everybody being on the same page with the value system, goal setting, and everybody um, completing their tasks to the to 100%, right? So it is very, I guess it would be very similar to the business too, right? You have the same, same type of thing. You have a value system. What are our values? What are our core values? What are our goals? We don't want to make a lot of money, but we want to do it in an ethical way. And everybody you hire from that point forward has to be on the same page, right? And obviously leadership has to set those examples too and live by those values. That's where I find like um, in workplaces, people have problems, right? Because the um, ownership's thinking, saying, and doing are not all in alignment. They're saying, like, they might be saying one thing, but how they're treating their employees is a completely different way, right? Or how they're paying them is a completely, it's, it's not matching up with their value system, right? So, or what they say their value system is. So, yeah, it's the same with the sports team. It's very interesting. I mean, I, I, I would, uh, that's something that's part of my, uh, my coaching business is to work with teams, right? Coming in and observing how they're, how they're uh, operating and seeing where it's falling apart, where in the, in the, the chain of um, necessity is it falling apart? Is it fall, are their values falling apart? Do they have values? Do they have goals? How are they getting to these goals if they do have them? Who's not matching up with the value and goal system, right? Who's setting the proper examples on the team? Who's not? 
It's very interesting when you break it down, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. One more question, and when it comes to coaching, coaching this mm-hmm. this sports team teams coaching stuff, um, because this all this all falls into play. Just whether it's whether it's uh, whether it's uh, you know coaching a basketball team to managing a team on at work or managing yourself. How important do you think being a part of a community to hold you accountable? It, do you think that that really is for an individual? I, I, I think it's, uh, it's huge, right? I think we all need that like, accountability, whether it's uh, like we're accountable to our bosses at work, right? Um, but for an individual, um, that's what a coach does, right? They hold you accountable. Like you align everything first. And then the coach's job is to hold you accountable for your performance, for goals that you're setting, for certain dates that you want to get there by, for keeping track of your progress, right? And I think um, I think we all need that. Like, there's it's hard to consistently be a self a self starter. I mean, the people who do it are, you know, we see them. They're the Tom Brady's of the world, right? <laughs> I mean, he's had a, a little bit of success over the past uh, 20 years. So like everybody, uh, I hear a lot of criticism. Of him. No, watch what he's doing. Copy it. <laughs> he's success. Look, there hasn't been a more successful football player ever. So whatever he's doing, do that. But yeah, to have someone hold you accountable for, for um, never hurts. Right. I mean, that's what we do as parents. We hold our, our children accountable and make sure that they're doing the homework. And there's a system in place. So a good coach, yeah, holds you, um, sets up a system first, helps you. Because not everybody, I mean, like these skills aren't taught in school, right? Setting up a living system and then holding you accountable for that um, is very important. But the ultimate goal is to become uh, self-motivated, right? We want our youth to develop a system and then they're accountable to themselves. That's the ultimate goal, right? is to become a self-motivator. I have intrinsic motivation. If you can say and honestly have that, then you have something, right? Is this why, like, for let's let's use you for an example. Mm-hmm. Is this why in your in your in your teenage years, when you fell out of sports, you lost mm-hmm. that accountability. And that's why you fell into that lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, accountability, but also identity. There was a big identity gap. I felt I let some people down too. And uh, maybe it was more I let myself down. Right? I didn't reach my full potential. So there was a lot of uh, anger and there was a lot of fear and regret that I had to work through. And unfortunately, I, I took it out on other people. But um, but yes, like that accountability. I mean, if, when I was playing hockey, I was accountable to be at hockey five days a week. I didn't have the time to get in trouble, right? I didn't have the time to think about uh, drinking. I didn't have uh, – so that big time uh, availability after hockey disappeared – was there. So how are they going to fill that time? Yeah. So accountability was a huge one, right? Scheduling and uh, 
not having losing my identity at the time. Well, because you hear it like from so many amazing, very successful athletes around the world in different types of sports. If I didn't mm-hmm. have weightlifting in my in my life, I'd yeah. be like this. If I didn't have hockey in my Absolutely. life, I'd be like this. Yeah. So I think you're right. I think it is very. I think it's it's. I think it's very super important to have something in your life other than doing something bad. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, it, it definitely does. And like I said, I can speak from a male perspective. Uh, for us, uh, for for me anyway, I need it. I need to have something to focus on uh, that has to do with my physicality, because I I love to learn and growth. Um, but I also need that physical aspect of myself to be um, fulfilled, right? Yeah. And that's, and that's part of life. You have to know thyself. Right. So I, I know that about me now. Um, when I was a teenager, I didn't. And that's another, um, benefit of, of coaching, uh, being able to know, get to know yourself more because we very rarely ask ourselves, uh, size ourselves up and ask ourselves questions about about, like, who am I, right? Who am I? What, how do I function properly? How do I learn properly? How do I, uh, how are my moods regulated? Right, all these things. So I know now that like, I I need that outlet. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You're not alone on that, by the way. (laughs) We're all in that same boat. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the guys I've talked to about martial arts over the years, it's it's true. It's such a great positive outlet for us, right? Yeah, especially for men. Like, like if it wasn't for Mm -hmm. martial arts, I'd be dead right now. You and I would not be having this conversation. Yeah. I, well, that's probably me too in a lot of ways, right? If not literally, uh, I'd be a zombie, yeah. <laughs> a walking zombie. Uh, switching, yeah, it is. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say switching gears uh, yeah. a little bit, uh, but not really, but different gear set here. Mm-hmm. Um, health and fitness is probably should be key number one mark on everybody's list. Right. Especially with what we've been going through over the past easy month or year that we've, yeah. that we've been through. Right. How important do you think that having a good workout routine and a nutrition plan is for mental health? Uh, I, obviously, like I think it's uh, of utmost importance. Just from the fact of discipline, if you can discipline your palate, what we're putting into our mouth on a regular basis, the food we ingest, <laughs> if you can control that, that's like, that's like step one. If I can't control what I'm eating, how can I control any other aspect of my life, right? If I don't have control of that, I mean, that is a basic. And there's so much information out there. Like there's so many different uh, styles of eating. I mean, we could go over all of them, but like for me, I just try to keep it as basic and simple as possible. And from, for my life, it's uh, easier to, to stick to, right? Just like, you know, um, having two to four liters of water a day, consistently um, eating whole foods. I mean, I mean, I have a bad meal here there. I do love a California sandwich. I mean, it, they, they taste good, 
but <laughs> so like one out of 10 meals, two out of 10 meals are bad, but eight out of nine out of 10 are good. Whole foods, stay away from the processed stuff. Stay away from sugar as much as possible, which is very hard to do. It's found in pretty much everything, but minimize it. Um, take my vitamins and um, yeah, just be consistent with that. And, and four to five to six times a week working out, depending on how my body's feeling. Some good cardiovascular, some good weight training. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I love to do that though. I love to work out. So I know it's not that way for everybody, but if you can get three to four days in a week of consistent exercise and keep your diet simple, but healthy. I mean, that's the recommendation I give people because it's just, it's, it's for me, it's an easier way to do things and I can do it consistently. Right. Yeah. No, I keep telling people, keep it simple, keep it, yeah. keep it stupidly simple because yeah. once you start complicating things, forget it. It's, it's done. It's over. You will, you'll do it for a week and then you'll never see it again. Right. Yeah. I, I've seen that pattern happen to many people. Yeah. And even myself, when I tried to complicate things too much, I'm like, why am I doing this? Just, just keep it simple. I, I want to enjoy my life too. I don't want to keep it to the point where I'm counting macros and like micronutrients. And I just want to uh, enjoy life too. So it's like a balance, right? But it's obviously health, health and fitness to me is um, number one. I put uh, as importance on my list. Yeah. Cool. Do you think like workouts? <laughs> the reason why I'm asking this question is because the gyms have been closed since August, September. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a year, I think. Right. Almost. Yeah. They opened up for a little bit and then they shut mm -hmm. down again. They have never opened up again. Right. So a lot of people are using this as an excuse not to work out. Mm -hmm. Now I've been watching your Instagram feed mm -hmm. and it's like, right. you've got some amazing stuff that people can do in just their own home with right. practically nothing. And I love that. Yeah. I'm like, I'm all about mm -hmm. that. Right. So what's the one message that you could tell people to get their butts off the couch and get, you know, do, do a workout, like a, like a yeah. short little workout. Well, I mean, it's, it comes back to uh, intrinsic motivation. Like, are, can you motivate yourself? We've seen, uh, I've used the example of Nelson Mandela, but we've seen people go to uh, prison, right? They're in prison and they come out better people. Well, we've kind of been locked down in a way, right? We're not in prison, thank God, but we've been locked down. You can choose, make a choice to, to utilize this excessive time to, to self-develop, self-improve, or you can choose to use an excuse to eat Doritos on the couch and put on weight. It's just up to you. It's like, it's, it's a choice, right? However, um, yeah, there's tons of uh, exercises you can do at home, like, like, uh, where body weight exercises, right? There's push-ups, there's body weight squats, there's multiple ab exercises. Everything's on the internet now. Nothing's a mystery, but it's just, do you have the discipline to do it? This comes down to that. Do you have the willpower to get your butt off the couch and do it? That's it. That's it. Do you have it? You have to, and, and the individual has to answer to that. At some point in their life, they have to answer to that, right? But um, yeah, there's like, I've, I've built a gym for my house here uh, for the past, I don't know, 10 years. So I have multiple um, uh, pieces of equipment, but, um, but you don't need it. 
All you need is your own body weight and um, you have two feet, get out and run. Jogging, cardiovascular, there's burpees, there's body weight squats, there's jumping squats, there's push-ups, there's Hindu push-ups, there's, there's different hand placement push-ups, there's a, a bazillion things to do, right? It's just like, do you have the motivation to do it? I motivation is a finicky thing. I find like, uh, mm -hmm. I think people have a tendency of being motivated two weeks and then just fade. Yeah. Out. Well, maybe a better word is willpower because willpower is something you can access, right? Like I'm not, yeah. Like if you look at like now at this point, like I worked out for years, I'm not motivated to work out. I love to work out. Right. It's like my willpower. It's just geared that way. And the same is for you, right? You, it's not even a question whether you're going to work out. It's just, what are you going to do today? Working out. Yeah, <laughs> it's not if I'm gonna. It's yeah. what am I gonna do? Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. It's it's more of a. It's like you, like if 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 I don't work out, there's something physically, mentally wrong with me. Yeah, not I'm right. saying like like bad. I just I just feel bad about not yeah. doing it. Right, right. It's it's it it's part of you now. It's it is you. Yes, it's a difference where like oh. I have to work out. No, like, what am I doing today to work out? It's become part of your life. Are there any tools that you can use to help somebody realize that? Mm, that's a good one. Um, well, it's, uh, again, it comes back to like, what is important to you in life, right? And if, if like, for me, one of my values is optimal health, not just health. I don't want to just have walking around. I want optimal health. I want to be as healthy as I can until I live to 120. And so if I, it's, that's optimal health. So do my workouts are in line with my values. I want to be healthy. So I work out because they're in line with my values. But if, if someone doesn't value health, then that is a problem as far as working out goes. <laughs> So it's hard to give somebody motivation or willpower, right? That's something they have to access on their own. And they can, anybody can do it. I mean, it's, it's, it's been proven time and time again throughout history. You just have to look around you. You see people running all the time. But I, for, for me, it's, it's, one of my, it's on my value system, right? So it's part of me. It's part of my life. And um, I think what, when a good thing is, is to get it into um, someone's system at a young age, I, that really helps because when people have weight issues or when they're, uh, have really struggle with wanting to, or forcing themselves to work out in some cases, it's because it, it hasn't been part of their lifestyle from a young age, right? It's really hard to start working out consistently at 45. It, it can be done, like, but it's hard for it to become really a part of you, right? So I'd say uh, at a, starting at a young age is a big thing. Mm -hmm. So the kids at our school are pretty lucky because it's being, it's being um, given to them from a young age, right? It's like a gift. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I can totally attest to that. I've been in martial arts since I was eight years old. Mm -hmm. I started the gym when I was 16. And yeah. it's like, one thing after another, after another, after another, it's easy for me to do this, it's easy for me to do that. So yeah, I agree. But like you said, like it's, it's never too late. And 
No, it's never too late. And it's easy to get started. You have oh, absolutely. All, you have all the mass that's required right here. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it just, yeah, you need a pair of running shoes. Just get out and start walking. Number one, if you if you have never worked out before, walking walking is the best medicine for us. I think Abraham Lincoln said something like that, but he was he was right. Yeah, uh, we're going to be wrapping up the show in just a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be asking you seven questions that I ask all my guests that I just want your insight on it. Okay. Uh, with the increase in people suffering from depression from the lockdowns. Mm-hmm what would be the one thing that you could tell them to keep their hopes up? Um, just uh, be uh, really forward thinking. Like don't dwell on the past or what's happening right now. Um, be forward thinking in your goal setting mindset and look towards what, how, how can I make my life better? How, what steps can I take? to progress rather than staying where I am right now in my, in my head or where we are right now in the world. And another thing is shut off the TV. (laughs) We're ingested with negative information, right? So really pay attention to what, like, just like if you go to a dietitian, they're going to tell you, pay attention to what you're putting in, what type of calories you're putting into your body we should all start paying attention to what type of information is going into our system too. Right. And filtering out the the negative stuff. We don't like most of it. We don't have to know. Very good. Very, very, very deep answer. Thanks. Uh, Where do you see the silent path coaching in the next five years? Uh, I would love it to progress to the point where I'm bringing it to the school system, like the, the board. Toronto School Board, Durham, York, et cetera, where I would be delivering seminars and a program to really get uh, um, awareness out to a a greater uh, audience, right? Many more uh, teenagers who really could use um, a systematic approach to their life skills, right? So that's where I see it going and then working with multiple teams as well. Awesome. Uh, what about you personally? Me, yeah, I just want to keep growing, growing as a coach, growing as a teacher, enjoying life, uh, learning more, um, growing with my two beautiful daughters who are seven and four, um, and my wife. Uh, I just want to, I want to be a, the best husband, uh, father, coach, and teacher I can possibly be. And that means just uh, keep working on myself and keep growing. And I'm really excited about that. Great. That's that. Those are good things. Those are all good yeah. things. <laughs> uh, if you could pick up the phone right now and call yourself at 20 years old, what would you tell yourself? Oh my God. Oh, the multiple things I tell myself that, um, you don't want to hear it right now. I'd read my, my, my old son. I don't know. Um, my, uh, my coaching self now would, um, be, um, I would definitely set myself down and start identifying all my strengths and identifying what I want in my life, identifying my value system, identify a goal system and a plan on how to get there 
And then I'd be uh, holding myself accountable for those actions. And that's exactly what I'm going to do for our youth uh, with my coaching business, um, the silent path coaching. Um, but yeah, like if, uh, especially at that time, I was starting to snap out of it at, at 19 and 20, uh, coming to the realization that there's a better way and that, that I was better than what I was showing. I wasn't reaching my potential at all. So that was the perfect time to, to, to have a coach come into my life. So yeah, I would uh, definitely be telling my, my 20 year old self, all those points. That's awesome. Uh, looking back, would you change anything? No, because like uh, we have our destiny, right? I, I, like I could say like, I wouldn't do all those things, but if I, I've, there's been a number of times in my life and experiences I, I've had that if I, if it didn't happen, I wouldn't have met my wife, right? If it didn't happen, I wouldn't have the job that I had to meet my wife, right? Then I wouldn't have my two little girls and then I wouldn't be who I was today. I think our experiences form us, right? They form us. If we learn from them, they form us. So who I am today is because of everything that happened in the past. So uh, I embrace it. I've forgiven myself for thing, things that I've done to hurt people. And um, I'm looking forward, forward, not back. <laughs> That's awesome. I absolutely, every time somebody answers like that, I love it. I mean, I think you guys, <laughs> you guys get it. That's the way, that's the answer I'm looking for. Awesome. Well, I'm not looking for any answers it's for people well, yeah, out there listening. I get what you're saying. <laughs> um, what keeps you up at night? Uh, excitement, passion. When I can't sleep, it's because I can't wait to get uh, up the next day and start coaching people and helping them, especially if we have a big game. Ooh. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't sleep if we have a big game because it's adrenaline pumping. It's excitement. It's it's. Um, the joy I'm going to take in watching team form the way I, I believed it could, right? And a group of, uh, of young people coming together and doing um, exactly what they're meant to do at that moment in time. Those, those type of things keep me up. It's more from excitement, John, than, than anything else. Yeah. Uh, where can people find more about you? Uh, my website is www.thesilentpathcoaching.com. And if you want to send me a direct email, email me at info at thesilentpathcoaching.com. Uh, we will post all your links for, so people can get easy access for you. Oh, that's awesome. Thanks uh, so much. So with your, permission for your, um, with your permission for your Instagram account and uh, Facebook Absolutely. account. Okay. Thank you. I really appreciate you uh, having me on today. Uh, this has been an amazing interview. Great job. Great questions. Uh, and I, I just enjoyed myself. It was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, any final thoughts? No, I just, um, I'm really uh, proud of you too for starting off this podcast. I think it's fantastic. Um, you're doing something that's so positive for the world because everybody on here is sending positive messages, right? in health, fitness, and mental health, et cetera. So uh, way to go. Just uh, so grateful that uh, I was able to come on and you've done this. It's Thank you. Work. And I appreciate you for your story, your struggles, your your transformation. is It's inspiring for young, young men 
and young women that are listening out there. I mean, mm-hmm. if someone like with your past could transform his life into right. something that was so dark to something so positive, I mean, it's it shows that everybody can do it. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, I mean, it, it's it's not a miracle. It's it's a perspective shift, and the self perspective shift makes all the difference in the world. And if there's one message I want to leave people with, it's that change your self-perspective, right? Your self-perception. How am I um, looking at life and the world of what do I want from it? As soon as you change your perspective, you change your life. Your reality changes right away, just in that instant. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So I, again, thank you so much, Royal. Thank you for coming on and sharing your story. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. We'll be in contact soon and uh, take care of yourself. Hey, Uh, going through hard times is just a test. What you need to know is that when you get out of whatever you're going through, you will be stronger than ever before and you don't need to go through it alone. Always know that you are not alone. Stay tuned for more real people with amazing stories that are just like yours. Until then, to everyone out there listening, I wish you a good morning, good afternoon, or a good night wherever you may be in this crazy world. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share this with your friends and family members. If you know of someone who is suffering from depression, please share this with them as well, as it may help them realize that there is help out there and that they are not alone. Also, please be so kind and give us a five-star rating on wherever you may be listening and some comments as your feedback is highly appreciated. Thank you again for supporting our mission to speak out and find solutions about men's mental health issues. And stay tuned for more amazing stories from real people that are just like you.